Who could the Cleveland Guardians extend this offseason? How strong is Miles Straw's hold on the center field job? And is Tito's future replacement in the system already? Those are questions you wanted answered, and we're going to answer them today on today's episode of Locked On Guardians. You are Locked On Guardians, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Guardians, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I'm going to adjust my camera here. I'm one of your two co-hosts of the show. I want to take a minute and say this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com backslash Lockdown today to get started. Also, I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, wherever it is you get podcasts. And I want to remind you that we cover your team every day. Uh, that's Justin. I'm Jeff. Uh, it's been a while since we did the full intros. We both wrote about baseball for a long time before we started talking about baseball. So I guess, you know, we are still talking just more of the, the quaint old way of, of writing. Um, we had the quill, right? The quill and arrow. Yes. Quill and I mean, <laughs> I had to, I had to hunt down the bird with a bow and arrow to, to get my quills. It's not that hard though. Cause I mean, I just random turkeys walking in my backyard some days. So it's, <laughs> Uh, turkeys raccoons deer i mean deer are every night i i live in the middle of nowhere it feels like even though i'm like 10 minutes outside milwaukee proper but uh yeah no that's that's enough of that backstory uh though a funny story before we get into it my mother moved out here and she's like are the deer vicious in milwaukee and i'm like fear the deer well, yes because she saw all the fear of the deer signs. i had no idea what it meant so she's like are they like really mean like, oh, oh no, I have to explain this. So yeah, it's kind of a funny moment uh, for some people out there. But uh, not the moose. Least. That's uh, yeah, that's fear, fear of the north. We the north. That's the moose. You should be. Scared you should be of. afraid of moose. You hit a moose, you're yeah. gone. Yeah, that's, that's one of those things. <laughs> yeah. But um, we got a pack show Mike, You know, yeah, we do. And, and fear of Mike Moustakis. He's always lurking. Um, Mike Moustakis is not to be feared anymore. He is not, does not have a team. So he's always lurking, though. Always lurking. <laughs> I think I saw him just outside that window right there. I think. Let's be honest. The new the new Kansas City Royal who is going to be torturing Cleveland is Fernando Reyes. Let's be real here, and probably like Bobby Witt. I don't know. Who is Fernando Reyes? So well, uh, I, some... we, got, we got some Bobby Witt chatter for later. Unless you want to do that list oh. now. Do you want to do the list now? Let's, no, we can. We can. Well, let's do it now, real quick. Let's okay. recap yesterday. So yes, we did the. You, you uh, we did the prospect draft yesterday if you didn't have a chance to listen. I had a lot of fun with it. I mean, I hope our listeners had a lot of fun with it because it was great to see Jeff screw me over taking three catchers. So I had to take a, a 17-year-old catcher who I don't even know if he drives a car yet. That was great. Um, I enjoyed my pitching staff. I, I tried to screw with the pitching staff. But anyway, um, we had you vote on Twitter if you hadn't had a chance to see our prospect teams. Uh, I posted them on Twitter after we gave people a chance to listen. And uh, here are our teams. If you need a quick reminder, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, but you voted on Twitter, who had the better team? And Jeff, guess what the results were? Who do you think won, Jeff? Who had the better team? Uh, I mean, I obviously think I have the better team as, as long as we could stay healthy. That was a comment. Actually, I, I want to read one of the comments because that was really good. But the results are neither of us have the better team. It was a uh, 50-50 dead split. Imagine that. So, and I think it's because I had a better pitching staff, and I think it's because 
Uh, my lineup is lacking, and you also took every catcher that was possible to take in the system, leaving, or that at least played stateside last year that was worth taking. Yep. Um, so that I was super fun. to corner a market. I, it, was, it was American capitalism at its finest in a Ugh. prospect draft. I cornered a market and then made you pay. Yeah. So the one comment, though, from Craig, one of our listeners, said, in a video game, Jeff's team wins. In real life, uh, we have to count for injury risk. I win. So, Which makes sense, right? In a video game, your your lineup is superior. Your, your hitters, your pitchers probably don't get hurt. And um, you beat the crap out of me. But in real life, you got like 500 days lost to the injured list. Yeah. And I win by default. So that was maybe cheating a little bit. But uh, speaking of polls, this is not one. Well, it was more of a ranking than it was voting on. So over at uh, all of our good friends in the Lockdown Podcast Network and Lockdown uh different teams of MLB hosts, we all voted on the top 10 players in the American League this year. So, Jeff, who do you think made it from the Guardians in the top 10, and where do you think they finished? Oh, no, Jeff Rose at the most inopportune time. That's unfortunate. Well, I'm going to have to spoil Jeff's surprise and do it for him. Uh, Oh, he's back, sort of. He's not there, but he's there somewhere. Um Anyway, the surprise is, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the graphic. Again, make sure you're watching, you know, if you have a chance to watch us on YouTube, we do have a show if you want to look at our faces. But, uh, Jeff, I'm spoiling the surprise for you since you uh, were MIA for a second. Jose Ramirez finished uh, sixth in the rankings, and he was the only Guardian. So, uh, according to Lockdown MLB host, Jose Ramirez is the only Guardian in the top ten uh, players coming into the season, he finishes is at six. Any any disagreements with the list? By the way, it's Shohei Otani number one, Aaron Judge number two, Mike Trout number three, Jordan Alvarez number four, Julio Rodriguez number five, and Jose at six. And any disagreements there with the top five? And if Jose should be a little bit higher, I had I voted him fifth. If I'm being honest, um, Jordan being defense only, right? Uh, you know, I didn't have him as high. Uh, I don't think I had Tucker in the top 10. It was also a little bit ridiculous as they put Bobby Witt in the top 20 players. Um, not to rag on our own network, but it's like, that was like, well, that's the easiest ranking because he is clearly the worst player on this list by a country mile. He's not a bad player, but he is not, he's not up, you know, he's, these he guys are all established except yes. for Adley Rushman. Although I yeah, guess, and Julio, I mean, you got two, well, you got two rookies yeah. here, but at the same time, like Bobby Witt was the fifth best rookie in baseball this year, sixth best rookie in in the American League. You know, he was not even a top five rookie, in my opinion, because uh, of Quan, because of, you know, George Kirby. And he was fine, uh, but he was not spectacular. Yeah, there and were no I, that was my biggest. And even in chat, we kind of like made fun of this list when we got it because of that. Multiple people. I, I don't have an issue with Jose at six. I think there's kind of a clear six. To me, it was like I the first six names were very easy to come by. And then I did put Vladdy seven and I think I did put Devers eight, but uh, yeah, it was like, to me, it was pretty clear top six. I would just move up. I would move Rodriguez up one spot and Jose up one spot. And I would put Alvarez seven or eight. Which is what, I, that's did. what I did. Yeah. I just because Alvarez provides no value. Yeah, of course we always are, except for how we value catchers apparently or just when we want to take them. So, that was the top 10 players in the American League as voted on by the Locked On uh, Host and Emily podcast. So uh, we covered that. We covered the 
prospect draft yesterday if you haven't had a chance to listen. And then uh, coming up, we are going to answer a lot of questions. we got a lot of questions for our mailbag episode today. So, um, Jeff, I am ready to answer those whenever you are. Yes, we are going to answer a bunch of questions. Uh, but first, I want to talk about our fantastic friends over at BuiltBar.com. I know them. I love them. I don't think Justin has gotten a free sample yet. It's been a while since they sent us one. We are overdue, so Justin can join in the joy of Built Bar. That's what I talked about just this very week. One of my students didn't have a snack. I gave him a Built Bar. Most kids don't like protein bars. She came back yesterday and was like, hey, you said you're going to bring more. And I was like, oh, yeah, hey, I got one more in my bag. And, and she ate that as well. So kid approved, I can say, you know, this is not only is it something that is healthy for you, like 170 grams of, of uh, I'm sorry, 17 grams of protein on average, 170 calories, less than five sugars. And you can now get them at Sam's Club and Walmart. You can get a big mix at Sam's Club, as is their way. You can get the smaller one at Walmart. I still say go to BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCK15. Yeah, you got to pay shipping especially because the Valentine's deal is over, but this is where you get to try all the flavors. And that's kind of the fun. Like right now, the double, double the chocolate, like their double chocolate bar is one of theirs. Their maple donut, the lemon dip cheesecake, banana cream pie, a, gr- a grasshopper cookie. I'm telling you right now, that's, that's the one to go with, but you can't go wrong. Uh, the, the only one I had an issue with is the white chocolate. So avoid that. But if you're a white chocolate person, maybe that'd be good for you, but it's a fantastic bar. It's great for you. It tastes good. Again, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, kid approved. BuiltBar.com, go to Sam's Club, Walmart, or use that promo code LOCK15. Got to order some soon. I keep saying I'm going to do it. All right. So our first question, Jeff, comes from Chad, who, by the way, Chad, uh, I believe, still works at Fangraphs. Does he work at Fangraphs? Yes, he does. He does a picture list and rotographs. Big guy on auto new fantasy baseball. Check out his work. Uh, it's Chad Young on Twitter. Um, I'm not really a big auto new fantasy guy, but I play a lot of fantasy leagues and I do read his content regularly. This is a doozy of a first question, by the way. It's September 1st and the Guardians are healthy and they have their ace on the mound. The rotation is lined up perfectly. Who is pitching that day and who will be pitching the next four days? This is... Uh, this is a uh, hard question to answer right off the bat, so we're just taking the tough ones right away. Not, I shouldn't say tough, but uh, tough one, or ones that make you think. So their ace is on the mound September 1st, and the, the rotations line up perfectly. That's obviously Shane Bieber, correct, on yes. September 1st? Yeah. Okay, they're 100% healthy. So Shane Bieber's pitching that day. Who is pitching after Shane Bieber the next day? It's obviously McKenzie, right? Yeah, I would say Tristan McKenzie's going the next day. So who is going – uh, on day three, on September 3rd. Cal Quantrell. We're sticking with Cal Quantrell? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go there, too. I think, I I mean, think they're, they're gonna, still... He's, he's got the track record, and he's been the most productive. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to... I don't know. I guess the question is, will they, will they acquire somebody better than him or promote somebody better than him? Uh, I'll go with Quantrell, kind of a known quantity right now, so we'll go with him. Who is pitching on September 4th, if everybody's healthy? Aaron Savali. Okay, you're going with Aaron Savali. Wow. Okay. Um, he had some good data last year. As long as he is healthy, I think he is still their guy. And, uh, you know, he is still in camp. And as of now, you know, we talked about those top-end pitchers. Unless someone like Tanner Bybee forces away by September 1st, Espino's pitch count is going to be very high. Uh, Joey Cantillo will have a pitch count. Like, we're, a lot of these pitchers, 
are going to be a little That's bit safer and softer handled. I, you know, Gavin, they're only going to promote if they promote one of them, one of Williams or Bybee. They're not going to put themselves in that situation with two guys from that class getting promoted. So, right. Yeah. It's just, they're kind of in a, I mean, maybe Logan Allen uh, makes some sense, that. but because you're going to have to add them at the end of the year and they pre promoted guys. But um, yeah, I think Savali has a little more upside slash juice, but that is, of course, is he healthy? Yeah. If Aaron Savali is healthy, I guess this does this presume that they've been healthy all year? Or does it presume they're just healthy right now? I guess is my my question. I, I'm, I'm presuming that everyone is available. I'm just presuming everyone's available. Okay. Well, yeah, I just they're available, but does that mean they've been healthy all year? Has Savali been healthy the whole year at that point? That's that's a different. Is that a different question? Do you think? I don't think so, because I mean, even with his health issues last year. They still started him in a playoff game. They still believed in him to that degree of, of with everything going on. And I know it's it was a weird situation, but like they didn't care about the repeated health issues at, so far with him. So okay, that's fair. I'll I'll say Savali is pitching on September fourth. Then um, yeah, okay. So who is pitching the fifth spot? Zach Plesac. That's a fun answer, Jeff. Why don't you just, you know, you were killing my vibe before the podcast. I'll, we'll get to that in the after show. If you're listening right now, uh, wait till wait till the after show when we talk about there, that. Uh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get back at Jeff for that. Okay, so here's my thought on this. Like, I know we all want them to improve, and it's certainly possible they could. But I also think like one of the things they're going to want to do with Plesak and Zavali in particular is let them pitch, and if they are pitching well enough to be in the rotation at that point in time. You want them to pitch the whole year to increase trade value because after last offseason, you know, we, they were really limited. And I think, you know, you're not going to move these guys. Like if you're not going to have police in a starter role, then you're almost better off like waving him. Like it, it's to that point where if he's not good enough to be your fifth starter after all these years, then he's not going to have much trade value in the offseason. And then you're, this team hates to have those Fran Mill Reyes situations where you end up getting nothing for a guy. So I, I think, that there is a chance that we just see that same rotation. And then I think a chance for a big, now either if someone has a huge first half, they can maybe ship them away, but that doesn't really seem to be the way that um, trades work anymore. So otherwise um, I, I expect to see the same five, honestly, like they might open up and go to a sixth at some point to give some late rest to people. But I think the top five is still the top five. If everybody's healthy, that means Cody Morris is healthy. I am saying Cody Morris is the, Fifth pitcher in the rotation, if everybody's healthy at that point, I think it. But does he have an innings limit too? Maybe, but like you said, they if he's healthy, that means that they've already been careful with him at that point. And okay, fair I'll, enough. I'll say if he's healthy, he's in the rotation by then. And if if I were to pull someone else, I would have pulled Logan Allen. Yeah, because you're my sixth. Yeah, because he's got the most buildup of all the guys for sure. I mean, I would go Bybee too, because obviously Bybee was healthy last year. But that also means a 40-man spot. But I'm also going to continue to say that I feel like it is going to be awfully hard for them to keep Bybee away this season. I think I think, just think he's going to pitch that well. But we'll see. That's a, a future conversation. <clears throat> Are you ready like to move a, on? Yes. It just, I'm just going to okay. say it does feel like there's a chance for that to happen based on everything we have heard. Just say yeah, big I mean, fans. Yeah, big fans for sure. Um, all right, Aaron, one of our – uh, that's your buddy from Virginia, Jeff. What is the ideal uh, bench yeah. look like for the Guardians to start the season? Feel free to pick whether or not Tino runs with an eight-man pen. So, first off, let's go backwards. Uh, also, Division One baseball kicks off tomorrow. I don't know if mm-hmm. the Guardians will be 
interested in Jake Geloff, brother of Zach Geloff, but uh, certainly an interesting name to keep an eye on as far as Virginia hitters go that never seem to make an impact in the majors. Um, all right, that, first uh, off, Ryan Zimmerman. You got Ryan Zimmerman. That's oh, yeah, that's one. right. Okay. So it's Ryan Zimmerman, Mark Brandon Reynolds, Geyer. Brandon Geyer. Mark, yeah, it's pretty bad. It's a pretty, it's a, it's a pretty big list. <laughs> um, okay, so first off, is is Tito going with an eight man bullpen or is he going with a, a, a bigger bench? Let's I let's address that first. I, I think eight man, especially in April, right? Yeah. Okay, so who who was on the bench then? What, who was on the bench if he has an eight man bullpen? Because that means you have five guys for the bench, right? Four guys. He'll take my approach and have, have have Fry and Lavastida on his bench. I'm kidding. Um, that's just me throwing some from shade. He got the idea from you, obviously. I learned from you. Uh, there's a reference for some people of a certain age. Uh, I think, you know, uh, undisclosed catcher a, whoever that is. Um, I think Gabby, uh, Arias, I almost said Rodriguez. Nope. Not, not Gabby Rodriguez. That one, that that would be, that would be, be that's a sure fail statement. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, I think Gabby Arias, I think Will Brennan, because there's not much left for him to prove. And then I guess the debate is for me in that fourth spot, which way do they <clears> lean? Um, you know, is it Freeman? Is it someone else? Like, you know, it could, could they, uh, you know, you know, it, it's like, I, I have a hard time seeing Palacios, even though he spent some time up here in the past and spent a lot of time with this team last year, just because like, I don't even know what his position is. So yeah, it's kind of a weird situation where it seems like, kind of a default four, but I'll be curious how you, uh, what you think of the. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with, I'll go with Cam Gallagher, obviously as the catcher. We are assuming an eight man pen in April because Aaron's question was to start the season. So that's eight man pen, obviously. Uh, definitely Arias will get a chance to get some at bats, whether that's platooning at first base with Naylor or whatever. And then <clears throat> Will Brennan will probably split time with Straw and Gonzalez in the outfield, depending on the matchup that day or how things are going. We're going to get to a Miles Straw question here in a few minutes. And yeah, I think it's between Freeman um, or, yeah, I guess Palacios. I don't know. You're right. Palacios to me feels like a trade candidate in the spring. I know, I know they need a little bit of depth, like, because if you trade Palacios, guess what? You have nobody on the 40-man roster as far as outfielders go besides Valera and, and Noel. But I'm not counting Noel, but do you really need – Do you really Palacios, need to have – Do they view him as an outfielder? Like, I mean, I have a hard time knowing well, if they only, even think he can catch. Or that's the only position he hit. played last year. He didn't play in second base. So he is an outfielder. He's a pinch hitter outfielder. He doesn't play in the infield anymore. He played second base no. for his uh, the Puerto Rican club when they won the championship this winter, but – he did not play any second base last year for Cleveland. So that makes me think that he is just an outfielder. So that makes him limited. So I would say. I've heard people he's think a, he's just DH only, you know, kind of. So yeah. I, you know, that's why I stay that make that statement. Yeah. I would probably say because the infielders aren't going to sit much like Rosario plays every day. Jose plays every day. Jimenez is going to play every day. I'd probably say they're going to go with, with Richie at the first, at first instead of Freeman. Because although Quan Straw and, and Brennan or Brennan and Quan are all left-handed, so it's it's tough. But maybe they'll use our. They are kind of right-handed heavy. It feels like I don't know. There's a really good balance this season, to be honest. So I don't know. I'm going to go with Palacios just as a pitch hitter type uh, for now. Although I think he could be traded in spring training. And then Will Brennan, that would be my four. So Gallagher, Arias, Palacios, and Will Brennan give them two outfielders. Um, 
especially if they ever had a day where Gonzalez or um, Naylor are playing right field and they need defensive replacement, they want to keep a guy on the bench. But I could see, I, I would like to see them consider David Fry, even even with Cam Gallagher as the backup. I'd like to see him consider David Fry. So we'll see. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd rather have him than Fry. And I think, you know, we've spent so much time breaking down this 40 man roster. It is kind of interesting to sit back and be like, Man, so much of this talent is not ready. Like they're at, they're kind of up against it in terms of roster construction right now. Like they don't mm-hmm. have what, roster like fodder. Five. Well, there's not even like roster. Like it's it's deep, but it's not immediate help deep, right? Like there's only really five names to debate for three spots. You know, the catching right. thing is a whole different thing, but for three spots, it's really only I guess four guys. You know, you know, you're not going to drop not Noel. You're not dropping Belair. Like they're kind of up against again. This is why they needed to. I, I am okay with the Benson deal, but like in an they ideal world, why they would have made a bigger deal um, for something else. Like, you know, right. combine a few players and, and get Corbin yourself. Burns. Corbin Burns. He is very unhappy. He is. <laughs> he is I, woo, Corbin Burns <laughs> is almost whoa. as unhappy as Justin was yesterday when I announced I was drafting David Fry. Uh, yeah. He was we'll almost how unhappy David yeah. Fry. Uh, Corbin Burns is. Yeah. Jake, so Jake asked, or I'm sorry, not Jake. Uh, Patrick asked a similar question about the bench players this year. Uh, so we just kind of answered that. We answered Jake's question, or uh, Patrick's question. We have a Jake question coming up. Um, do you want to move on to Ethan's question, or do you want to? Uh, let's pause here and then run back in. And talk about Ethan. Is that our coworker, Ethan? Probably not. I it assume. is not. <laughs> but uh, shout out to Ethan uh, of Lockdown Pirates. Uh, Lockdown Pirates, nice guy. Uh, he, you know, he is someone who knows about FanDuel uh, as a host on this network. And the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no sweat first bet. What's that mean? It means that you get a bonus bet if your first bet doesn't win up to a thousand dollars. Just download the app today. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then bet on everything from the money line to the point scores and threes drained. Uh, again, bet the over on the Guardians. That's our go-to here. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. Uh, I still think parlays are a little bit of a soccer bet. That's just me. Uh, no offense to – I know Justin does them, but it's – as mentioned, them, I just – you're making your life harder. Uh, unless – so don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you go to FanDuel.com backslash locked on. That's FanDuel.com backslash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And for people who know more about this stuff, let me know if I'm wrong or not in the comments below. Yeah, when it comes to parlays, don't ask me how many I've won since joining FanDuel. It's been, it's been very few. <laughs> it hasn't been zero, but it's been pretty few. So it's been tough. All right, Ethan. Wants to know, what do you think an extension looks like for Quan Jimenez and Tristan McKenzie? And how realistic is that the team and the player would accept those terms? Um, I feel like the Quan extension out of all these three is going to be the easiest. Yeah, Yeah, because he doesn't have the – he's not going to command a lot of dollars because he's not a home run hitter. Let's be honest. That's kind of what it commands. I don't have a good comp for that, but I could see, like, what, if they – he didn't get a lot out of college. He's an older, relatively older player too. You know, there's a lot of reasons why, you know, he's more illogical and, and he's just, he's not big. Traditionally, those guys aren't, don't get paid. Like there's a lot of things against him. I, I said, 
I would have done something similar to the Michael Harris signing. Like, I still think, I mean, that's a heck of a deal for Atlanta. I use that as the, the what was that? line. What was the total on uh, that? Was it five to, and 30? No, it was like, it got two years of free agency bought out, eight years, 72 million. Holy cow. Okay, well. But that's only nine million a year. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I know, yes, you're buying out some arbitration years, but like, that's nine million a year. My, any any player for nine million a year, that's a good deal. And you're my, buying out what two two years of free agency. Yeah, my question with, with Quan, this is not to devalue what he does as a player, and I you know I enjoy watching him. He's been a great story, but you have to look at two factors here. Like you said, he's 25. He won't turn 26 until quite near the end of the season. How many how many years do you really want to keep him for? Like I know he's a good player, but. This is not the kind of player you're you're looking to maybe add or keep into his mid thirties, right? Because well, I, I assume those uh, years. It, sorry, I'm I'm doing everything. I'm the interrupt king. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's fine because I know I know what you're going to say. You're going to say some of those years are going to be club options. Is what's mm-hmm. going to happen at the back end, and that's fine. That's how they should do it. But I mean, you're talking about maybe keeping a guy to age 32, 33 season here, who relies on contact and a little bit of speed. That's all. The contact thing shouldn't be a problem. Really, the speed eventually could be because you know, that's, you know, Father Time gets us all. And also, he is a small player stature-wise, and he did have hamstring issues in college and in the minors in 2021. So, like, you got you to be cognizant of that when you're talking about a long-term extension for Quan. And, again, I don't want to devalue what he's done and, and how important he was this team last year and how good I think he can be and how enjoyable it is to watch him. But, I don't know, like, I wouldn't go crazy – do you think a little more than the Miles Straw deal makes sense here? Like maybe we're talking like a a six year deal worth like thirty something million and some club options tacked on at the end. Like I don't think you're talking a lot. Miles Straw, you know, his was what five twenty five, so maybe six forty. Yeah, but Straw never Quan. done what Quan had done. Like if I'm Quan, I say no to that. Like I'm like okay. I'll bet on myself because you know the the approach to baseball is changing. Uh, contact rates are becoming in vogue. Multiple teams chased him this offseason. Yeah, it's okay. probably actually a happy medium between Straw and Harris. Yeah, you're right. Yes. Yeah, Harris was 872. So maybe like a, what about six and 55? Yeah. I was, you know, I was going to say six at 60 or six at like under 10 million uh, average value per yeah. year. Just yeah. I, I would say something like eight at I, I would go like eight at 60 maybe, or, you know, seven at 60 with the last two being option years, seven at 60 last two are option years. So you're talking, so you're talking about potentially nine years of control. That's no, a no, lot total. no, 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 oh. no. Uh, six and seven are option years. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense to me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think he's the easiest one to track down because of his certain value set. Andres Jimenez. I don't know. Um, one of my, one of the guys I write with over at my newsletter um, pitched this to me and this is what I came back with. Um, Jason, the Jason Kipnis contract to me with Jimenez, I think makes sense. Jason Kipnis before the, I believe it was 2015 season signed a, I'm sorry, 2014 signed a six year, $52 million deal. He was a little bit older at the time when he signed it, but I don't know. I think six fifty two might be cl- close to the range for Jimenez. No. Although that would be close to Quan. So like Jimenez, Jimenez just had a better year than Jason Kipnis ever had. That's true. Right? You know, he just had a gold. So it's and, Jason Kip, and Jason Kipnis was never a gold glove defender on top of having the offensive year he had. And yes, there's a chance for regression, but. And Kipnis uh, was older. And he was older. Like, I think. 
I mean, if you're talking to him, he's again, you know, I look at something like that Harris deal, he's probably going to expect north of, of that. Like, I mean, he outperformed Harris and yes, it's technically in his second and a half season, but nice. you know, I think he's going to, I think he's going to be pricey. You know, he's, he's got, you know, he's like I said, three seasons in the bigs. Um, he was not arbitration eligible this past year or he was, he was not right. Cool. Yeah, because he only has two. Yeah, he only had two yeah, years of service yeah. time. So it's you get him for 23, 24, 25, 26. He's still got four years of control. So I guess there's a chance just because of that. You know, the first year here was not ideal. I think Jimenez is the least likely of them, of them to sign if I, I was think, breaking the three. I think Sticks is the least likely to sign. I, I think there's a chance uh, Tristan McKenzie takes a deal because of his, his history. I, I don't know really what a Tristan McKenzie extension looks like, truthfully. Uh, by the way, Jason Kipnis signed his deal in 2014 at age 27, and that was a five-year deal. So if you're talking about getting Jimenez through age 32, you are talking an eight-year deal. So I think you're spot on with that. The Harris deal probably makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, my, my ranking is definitely Quan, Jimenez, and, and, McKen- and McKenzie, and then Jimenez because I, I think like uh, pitchers know that, for pitcher. that there's – but they also know the values there, right? Like once mm-hmm. you get out, you get paid, even with your risk. If you are a – productive starter you're going to get so much more on the open market and see i mean he is uh, he's 25 he's, he'll be you know, 26 25. this year you get him through let's see so you're getting him for 23 to a 4 to a 5 20, same deal as uh, jimenez you get him for four more years so he'd hit free agency um at 29, 29. yeah and that's that thing like he's probably one can make a strong argument the last thing you should do is sign an extension because if they're getting any of your free agent years, then you're hitting free agency in your thirties instead of in your twenties. So. Well, he's our eligible next year. So the thing is with, yeah. with Jimenez, with, with Quan, this is why I think it's easier because it's earlier yeah, on. He's further Jimenez, away. Jimenez and, and, and McKenzie both go to arbitration next year. So this is the spring to get it done. If they don't do it, it's not going to happen this spring. I just don't know what a uh, McKenzie extension looks like because he is just not like any other pitcher, like you've pointed out for years. And the track record of health isn't good. Again, he pitched 191 innings last year, had no injuries last year. So there's that. But I don't know. If I were him, I'd consider extension just because of that risk. But if I'm the Guardians, I'm also having being careful because of the risk. So it's it's a tough one to nail down for me. Um, I don't have a good comp. And then Jake asked us, who do you most likely seeing the Guardians extending? And I think we both agree it's Quan. So we answered that. Uh, I I also think, you know, whether or not it has a big effect or not, that the TV thing is going to cast enough of an uncertainty or an excuse of uncertainty that I don't think we see any extensions. Jake, yeah, Jake had two more questions, and one of them had to do with the ballet situation. We're going to move that to the after show on YouTube just because uh, it was the third question from Jake and because we've talked about that before, but it's a convoluted answer. So I want to get to other ones. Doug. How many? How bad will Straw's numbers have to be before they make him the fourth outfielder? And how many games will they give him before making that determination? I would say Miles Straw would have to be as bad as he was at his low point last year. Into if okay, if Miles Straw starts the season out as bad as at his low point like he was in 2022, because remember Straw Straw ended the year in a solid note. He wasn't like great, but he definitely was better in September than he was, you know, June, July, and August. Um, I would say, let's see, June, 
in July and June, he hit 149 with a uh, 231 on base. So I would say that would have to be Straw's numbers in the month of April and maybe a couple weeks into May. If it continues like on that course, I would say um, then you might go to Will Brennan and then maybe use Straw as a defensive replacement slash pinch runner slash maybe go into platoon. That would be my guess. So I, I would say his numbers have to be as bad as they were last June, at least six weeks into the season before they make a move. doesn't matter what his numbers are. They're not making a move. And the reason I don't think it matters is they spent years trying to get him. And they spent years trying yeah. to get a plus defender in center field. They knew Oscar Mercado was going to be at best at league average bat, who they hoped would give them above average defense. That didn't happen. They've been chasing Miles Straw for at least two years before they added him. They signed him to a contract knowing that he overperformed after they got him, knowing the indicator showed regression. He is here for his defense. That is mm-hmm. what they liked. They gave him an extension for a reason. Yes, it is not huge money, but he is their guy. And just the same reason that uh, Austin Hedges was the worst hitter in baseball for a four-year span and he was still an everyday player is there are certain positions where defense values you know, defense is 70 to 80% of how this team views that position and anything a hitter gives is a bonus. So as much as everyone wants to get, and on top of that, he's a clear leader on this team, which matters to someone like Tito. Remember when he wanted to fight the Yankee fans? You can't tell me that's something that isn't going to keep, you know, him as one of Tito's guys. He's a good friend of uh, Jose's as well. Like there's a lot of reasons above the hood and below the hood why it doesn't matter. He can hit his weight and he'll be starting. I agree. And for the record, his, okay, so Miles Straw in July last year, 278, 323 with a 301 average on balls in play. That was a 95 WRC plus. I think that is what Straw is capable of. I think he can do that. And I think he's like an 85 personally, but that's. I mean, that's, it's in the range. It's in the range. Like he, he started off April last season, very hot, 291, 187, 125 WRC plus. I think that's well above his range. But I don't think the months where he was 53 and 22 in terms no. of WRC plus are as bad as he is. And his August was also abysmal, by the way. He hit 093 in August. I don't think he's that bad. I would say he's closer to the the guy in July or even the first half. The first half was not great, but he had a 305 OBP and a, a 70 WRC plus. So, yeah. yeah, I don't think he'll – I do not think he will play bad enough in order to even consider benching. But uh, we shall see. And then our – that's not the our final question. We have more questions, but maybe we can move some of these questions to the after show as they are um, a little bit deeper into the weeds and, and also some, yeah, and also some some triple uh, double up questions from people. But um, Richard said, "Is Tito's future replacement manager?" He asked, not said. Uh, at manager already in the system, and if so, who do you think it is? Do you want to go first on this one? Because I I have two clear names in mind. You know, I I would not be surprised if they're not in system, um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they are. I know that's super wishy-washy. Uh, they've done a lot with developing people, and they kind of know, but it's also been interesting to kind of watch them be okay with guys leaving. Um, you know, it, it's more about, at this point, I think any replacement for Tito is going to be someone who, could, I do think it's going to be internal. But I think a degree of it is just like who's going to get in line with every bit of the organizational view. Like every, this is turning into an assembly line and in a good way. And there's some views and approaches and it's going to be uh, who they think can get along with players, who can be the guy who can manage 
the personalities, which is what Tito does best, you know, keeping guys up when they're up and making sure no one gets too down. Um, but it's almost more of a counselory position than anything else. So um, I, I could see it. If there's someone who is really super loved in that clubhouse, I wouldn't be shocked if that's the next manager. Yeah, as far as the Major League staff, I really couldn't tell you. I don't think there's anybody in the Major League staff that I would really point out. Is like, I guess it could be DeMarlo Hale gets another shot, maybe, if they're talking about continuity. Because really, like you said, it's it's one guy you got to get behind, but it's about the whole staff. So it is a um, whole staff approach. My guys, I mean, if you're talking about like coaching pro- managing prospects in the system, my first guess would be, can they lure Kevin Cash back to Cleveland? That would be yeah. my first like thought. Is Agreed. But if not, if not, the two guys in the minors I continue to look at are Luke Carlin, who is the catching coordinator, uh, has has that kind of record. Because I, I don't know if you can find if – if trying to find another Tito is like, you know, it, that's a hard thing to do. We're talking about a Hall of Fame manager here. And I know some people have had their, you know, doubts about him or issues with some of the things he does. But he's a Hall of Fame I'm manager. one of them. Yeah. But what he does behind – what he does yeah. when it's not game time is what really exactly. matters here. Um, so, yeah, like short of bringing home Kevin Cash, I would say Luke Carlin. And the other guy I would say is Greg Desenzo, who moved up. Like we talked about, I think I talked about his uh, one of our shows or maybe it was my other podcast where he went from being the Lake County captain's high A manager for two years. Now he is the bench coach in AAA. I would not be surprised if he is has some role on the major league team, maybe come September or come next season. Those are my two internal guys. So I would say Kevin cash or one of those two guys would be the ones to keep my eye on for future replacements. But it depends. That really depends on when Tito goes. If it, is it this year? Is it next year? Like nobody really knows except for, for Tito and, and how he's feeling. So that was a lot of questions, Jeff. Do you think we should, and, uh, I think we'll, carry the rest over into the after show. You know, we're kind of okay. going a little long so, and Jeffrey, think- Jake, Jake has two more questions and Jeffrey, not you, Jeff, but another Jeffrey has no. questions. So if you're listening, uh, check YouTube to get your questions answered. Cause, uh, we're going to, we're definitely going to answer them on YouTube and Jeffrey's came from YouTube. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, you know, there you go. Uh, but thank you for listening, rating, reviewing, downloading. It helps. Uh, I appreciate it. I've noticed our shows kind of start slow this week and then peak up. So I appreciate everyone who's going back and watching I understand life is busy. Uh, if you're in the Milwaukee area, hey, maybe you're snowed in today and just got to catch up on a whole bunch. But uh, thank you all. We appreciate the Lockdown Guardians team. And go, go, Guardians, go.